Oh, I think I said that wrong. I think it's Field of Dreams. Oh, it is. Field Remember of the Titans beat Hoosiers. What? Yeah, they sure did. Inconceivable. <laughs> Who is working for Disney and voting in this contest? It's time for the Blue and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you are listening. Uh, we believe that you're more than listeners. Uh, to quote Brian Kelly, you're family. And we're glad that you're listening to us. Absolutely. Welcome back, sports fans and lovers of life. Those of you who live life to the fullest, thank you for tuning in to another episode <laughs> of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast, where one of your hosts recently survived a brutal, vicious attack by a gecko lizard. <laughs> it, it was not me. <laughs> I was walking out the door. And one jumped on the back of my neck. I had no idea it was a lizard. My first thought was it was a red wasp. Absolutely. They one who had survived the destruction of the mm-hmm. nest. Mm-hmm. When I destroyed their nest at my house, <laughs> one had followed me to work. That's right. And planned, carefully planned this ambush and waited for me to come out the door. <laughs> but it wasn't a red wasp. There was no sting. My second thought was a spider. Oof. None of that. And, of course, you don't ever think, oh, just a little itsy-bitsy spider. Right. You think the biggest black widow that you can imagine. Absolutely. Or something incredibly furry, like what, what Sheila, the giant spider from Tolkien's <laughs> Lord of the Rings, is on the back of my neck. And I'm screaming. I'm being attacked. Help. And and so I go run back in. I find the facilities manager. I said, man, I almost died. He's like, what happened? I said, something jumped on the back of my neck. He's like, I was probably a lizard. <laughs> he didn't even really look up from what he was doing. It was probably a lizard. I go back out there, and sure enough, there he is sitting right there. He's looking up at me, he's smiling. <laughs> and I start to think, oh, just a harmless lizard. And then, then I Google gecko lizard. Do you know some of those things are carnivorous? I did not know that. Yeah. So you literally got away without him taking a bite. I know. I know. So, it was it was touch and go. But yeah. So here's my question. Regardless of it being a lizard, are you, due to the... Incredible level with which you carried out the execution of the wasp that were obviously keeping you from having the internet. Are you currently under attack by Louisiana wildlife? <laughs> I mean, because I mean, we're three weeks in. We've got two separate wasp incidents and now a lizard incident. You know, I don't mind the lizards, but they need to tell me before they jump on the back of my neck. I need some advance notice. So here's my question. Was it possibly surveillance and you caught him <laughs> off guard? Is he surveilling for the wasp? I think no, it's no, possible. no, no, no. I, okay. I, I think they're sworn enemies. Well, now that could be. You know, if, that if, could be. If this was a Disney movie, the lizards and the wasps would be enemies. And, of course, they'd come together at the end and say, we can, we're, we're better together. And, you know, that whole storyline. Yeah, right. But... You know, when I when I first moved into the when my wife and I moved into the neighborhood in which we live in, there was literally a sign that said "Nature at your doorstep." Well, there I don't you think go. I've read a truer in advertising sign than that one. <laughs> yeah, because uh, apparently nature is at your doorstep. You know, in your internet box, hanging out on your ledge. It's all <laughs> around us. Now, speaking of. Internet and red wasps. Darren, I hear that um, you're having a similar problem, maybe not with the red wasp, but you're out 
as far as your internet's out. What's going on? That is correct. I am having an internet problem. I am proud to say it does not have anything to do with Red Wasp. So therefore, there is no video footage whatsoever of me running and screaming, uh, which I'm, I'm thankful for. <laughs> but as far as how I ended up without internet, um, let's say it involves a little bit of a small construction project, a fire pit, and outside of that, upon instruction from my lawyer, I'm asserting my Fifth Amendment privilege and will not answer, so I do not incriminate myself. Let's just let's leave it there. Is that? <laughs> At the end of the show, Darren is announcing his candidacy for political office. <laughs> CEO of AT&T. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm not saying you did this, and I'm not saying you didn't do this, but you know, there's something that we're told to do before we do any kind of project in our yards mm -hmm. is to call a number, 811. Correct. And I'm saying you did or you didn't. But. And I'm saying even the people that came up with the 811 phone number probably didn't have in mind an inch and a half dig that, <laughs> that you may end up hitting cables. I'm just... Not involving me. A friend told me that. Doesn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> let's say, per chance, that... <laughs> let's create hypotheticals. I, I can deal in hypotheticals. I'm you know what's not hypothetical? Red wasps are mean. That's right. And they will come after you, and they do not belong in internet boxes. And no matter what's going on with my internet, Louisiana wildlife is after you and not me. So that's what we're... <laughs> I love the wildlife. <laughs> And they apparently love hanging out with you, so they it's do. mutual. <laughs> they do. We're all God's creation. That's right. That's right. So we are laughing a lot because we have mud on our face. Because yes. last week we thought, let's talk about the NBA playoffs. And we were on a roll. We yes. started talking about Utah and how their nickname is the Jazz, which came from New Orleans. Right. And we were on a roll feeling really good about ourselves. That's I mean, right. we, we really dropped some history there, explaining some things. That's right. And then we realized Utah's not in the playoffs. <laughs> it was still great history, just not about a team that's in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's the Denver Nuggets. That's right. That's right. And we, we sound like those people like, well, you know, um, oh, you're from Utah? I know somebody from Denver. <laughs> Which, and by the way, Denver did not come from New Orleans. The, yeah. name, the name doesn't have anything to do with anything in New Orleans, just so, for the record. So we uh, we had a emergency meeting with yes. our research department. That's correct. And we have made some substantial changes That's correct. to correct this error in the future. So for those of you who are watching the NBA, and I don't know how many of our listeners actually are watching the NBA, it may just be me because it's a game, it's on TV, I'm going to watch it, but... Um, for those of you who were highly dismayed by that, because you put your trust in us to deliver the truth. If you turned on your TV because we talked about it, looking for the Utah Jazz, we apologize. Yeah. Utah's not playing. That's Drew right. and Shaver said they were playing. This is part of the government takeover. <laughs> They're in our TV sets now. It's the delirium of the Red Wasp. That's what made it happen. But congratulations to Denver. Fantastic run this playoffs. Yes. They are currently up three games to zero on the Los Angeles Lakers with game four being played tonight. This is Monday night when we're recording this. So that game has yet to take place. So they have the potential to sweep a LeBron James-led Lakers team. And you know, and that's a that's a Lakers team that beat um 
Golden State to get to this. So they were in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs, and they did not come from New Orleans either. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, that, that was a good Golden State team. That, that the Laker, I mean, so this is a good Laker team that, that has earned where they are, and now they possibly sweep them. That's pretty impressive, uh, potentially a pretty impressive uh, accomplishment. Yeah, one one quick thing on, on this series uh, that, of course, I, I had no idea how good Denver was until watching them. They they are a really strong team. But another thing that I've noticed is LeBron is starting to show his age. Mm-hmm. He's thirty eight years old now, and he's he's not the twenty one year old LeBron James. He's still a, a fantastic basketball player, but it, it that that's tough when you see these guys start showing their yeah. age. And, you know, it's also inevitable. I mean, when you do something that physically demanding for two decades, I don't care who you are and how good you carry your body. You're going to start to show that. That's just it's, – it's inevitable. Now, you Lakers fans, if you want your team to win tonight, you've got to say, LeBron, the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast dissed you, and he'll come out and probably score That's 60 right. points That's tonight. That's exactly right, <laughs> which he's still capable of, most likely. Yeah. Well, on the eastern side of things in the NBA playoffs – the eighth-seeded Miami Heat are up three games to zero on the second-seeded Boston Celtics. It's pretty incredible. We have two three O's in, 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 on both sides of the of the playoff bracket. That's pretty incredible. Boston's got some major issues. And you know, you were uh, on the other side of it. You were talking last week about Miami's head coach and the job he's oh. doing, and just continues to do. Eric Spolestra. Mm-hmm. What an incredible coaching job. Yeah. I mean, they they they're just running through the East right now as an eighth seed. He's got these guys playing. He's got role players, bench players coming in and making huge contributions. Which I, I don't care what league it is, what sport it is. That's the sign of a good coach. Absolutely. When you can pull that together like that, you're you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do uh, on an accelerated level, on high level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and you got to you got to mention Jimmy Butler, who always seems to show up at playoff time. <laughs> the guy just has a different gear, and he kicks into that gear when yep. it's the playoffs. Yep. So that game four, uh, Miami Boston, will be Tuesday night. So the NBA Finals could be set by the time that that this podcast is released. This episode. Yep. So, or no, it will no. be Tuesday night. But with- again. Research department, get your stuff Come together, on. man. You can't keep doing this to us. How are we ever going to compete with ESPN? Oh, my goodness. So within 12 hours of this podcast being released, <laughs> that's what you meant to say, right? Well, let's talk about some other exciting news in sports because we don't do very well talking about the NBA. Very true. And how about this big news out of the PGA Championship this past weekend? Michael Block on the par 3 15th hole hitting a hole in one and not just hitting it i mean a slam dunk like straight out of the air directly into the cup no question and i can't rory McElroy is who mm-hmm. who is partnered with and i actually saw footage uh this morning of him walking after they had walked off and everybody kind of celebrated he looks over at rory McElroy and said did that really go in that that went in <laughs> That was so cool. <laughs> we we all long for these moments. You just have oh, to yeah. have one of those moments, and you know you're going to talk about it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And Michael Block got that moment. Well, and not only that, but he – I mean, that was part of a great weekend for mm-hmm. him. He finished up um, in the top 20, I believe, 
uh, for the for the tournament. And no matter what the number was, the important thing is, as an amateur, he qualified for next year's PGA Championship because of his finish in this year's PGA Championship. Mm. That's pretty incredible. A guy that that literally is a he's a a teaching pro, but not a touring pro. That he is charging one hundred fifty dollars for for golf lessons. And he is now one of the biggest stories in all of the PGA, has an incredible hole-in-one that everybody is still talking about, and has already kind of kick-started a few things because he knows for sure he can play in the PGA's championship next year, and that will most likely get him invited to some other tournaments as well. Good for him. Yep, big time. Hole-in-one, what a great, great moment. So we also have some exciting news pertaining to all of you Big 12 Conference fans, and, and for the Northwest Louisiana area, our bowl game, the Independence Bowl, has got some good news. Yes. Yay! Yes, thankfully. The Big 12 is now tied in with the Independence Bowl for 2023 and 2025 because BYU has was tied in for those games. Mm-hmm. Now they are entering into the Big 12, so now it's a Big 12 tie-in. In 2023, the Big 12 uh, will, will send a team to Shreveport for the Independence Bowl to play against a Pac-12 school. And then in 2025, a team uh, from the Big 12 will play a team from Conference USA. So some pretty exciting news, Darren. And I tell you, over the last couple of years, you know, the Independence Bowl was really dealt a blow when they when they lost the tie with the SEC. And of course, you know, prior to even the tie with the SEC, there was also a tie with the Big a tie in with the Big 12, and that that was a pretty ugly blow to, to lose both of those. Um, but over the last couple of years, they've really, you know, they've tried to do a military tie-in with the the uh, service academies, and now having uh, this with the Big Twelve, you know, it started out as obviously as a tie-in with BYU as an independent, but now has turned into a big Big Twelve tie-in. Those are good things. I mean, they really are. They're kind of in a tough circumstance. Um, trying to find teams and, and it not include the SEC, but you know, pulling in some Big Twelve, some Pac twelve, the service academies. They're really doing what they can to get a quality matchup uh, for the the bowl um, here in in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And of course, twenty twenty four, I believe, is is a tie in with Army. Yes, if they're bowl yes. eligible. If they're bowl eligible. Then now the Big Twelve was a tie in with the Independence Bowl from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and nine. So there have been some terrific games. Yep. They've they've sent some some great teams and and this is this is really good news for the Independence Bowl, which is often overlooked. Yes. Teams pick other bowls. It's kind of on the lower end of things, yeah. but it's a it's a great bowl game, and it's a great place to come and and, and watch a game. And you know, it's a good stadium. It's not a huge stadium, uh, so it usually has. I would say, what what would you say? Especially with it dropping off over the last couple of years, but still twenty five thousand plus probably. And it's just not this enormous stadium where twenty five thousand feels empty. So it's still a good crowd with a good atmosphere. And it, even if you don't know the teams, uh, it's usually a pretty good atmosphere and, and a fun bowl to go to. Yeah, it, it is. There's yep. good. I mean, it's Louisiana. You're going to get good tailgating. Yep. It, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, so. Sixty-five thousand is the seating capacity for yeah. Independence Bowl. So, and and I think I think there's been some years, uh, you know, uh, when when you do get a Virginia Tech or in the past in Oklahoma or in Oklahoma State, you know, you could get forty forty-five thousand plus. But even on the low years, you're still at twenty-five thousand plus. So it still it still feels fun mm-hmm. and not like this desolate, you know, four people sitting in and <laughs> watching a game like some of the bowl games that you see on TV. Yeah, I'm sorry, I said sixty-five. 
It's it's really around fifty thousand. Okay. So, all right. So good news for the Independence Bowl. Yes. Let's catch our breath right now. We've covered a lot of ground. I'm not sure we've given a lot of information (laughs) (laughs) other than watch out for geckos. Do not dig in your yard. And an extensive Um, list of NBA teams that didn't start in New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) Internet companies are evil. Right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So let's go ahead and pause for this week in sports history. Five years ago, Minnesota Twins legend and Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Harmon Killebrew hit the longest home run ever at the now-demolished Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota. Hammering Harmon, as he was called, hit the home run 522 feet. It landed six rows into the top deck and shattered the plastic seat it hit. Target Field, the Twins' current home stadium, has a giant bronze glove 520 feet from home plate to commemorate the historic home run. Killebrew hit 573 home runs and is 12th on the Major League Baseball all-time home run list. Oh, thank you. The SEC Men's Baseball Tournament kicks off tomorrow, and we want to spend some time talking about the matchups because this is one of those anybody could win this thing. Yes. But before we get there, Darren, you got an update on the USFL. What's going on? You know, the big thing uh, about the USFL, if, if you're kind of in and out, you may not want to watch every game, but want to kind of catch the highlights and, and, and hear what's going on. And, uh, you know, there's two divisions. There's a North and a South Division. And last year – it really was kind of a, a – there were three teams, uh, the New Jersey Generals, the Birmingham Stallions, and the New Orleans Breakers that really just almost immediately stood out and, and really dominated. I think New Orleans and Birmingham uh, ended the season like – or not New Orleans and Birmingham, sorry, New Jersey and Birmingham both ended the season like 9-1 and one, and nobody else was even close. I think New Orleans ended up 7-3 and three or something like that. So – there was really a couple of dominant teams. Well, this year, there are four teams that are really doing well. It's more of like a, a dominant division. The Southern Division is really standing out. You've got New Orleans at four and two. You've got Birmingham at four and two. You've got Houston this year at four and two, which they had a rough year last year. So it's good to see them turning things around. And then the biggest thing is the Memphis uh, Showboats, who started out looking like they were just going to follow in the Houston Gambler steps of last year or the path of last year, started out 0-3 and are now on a three-game winning streak. And they've taken out teams like Birmingham, like New Orleans. So they're playing quality opponents and and standing up and really showing that they've improved. Um, So that Southern Division is really strong. So anytime you see a game and you're flipping through, it's like, I want to stop and see what's going on. If it involves New Orleans, Birmingham, Houston, Memphis, you're going to enjoy the game. On the northern side, New Jersey, New Jersey, New Michigan, Jersey. New Jersey. New Where in the world did that come from? <laughs> we're over here in Jersey. Uh, I don't even know. I, would, I wish I was trying to do that to be funny. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, New Jersey, uh, Michigan, and, and Pittsburgh 
having kind of rough years. Uh, all have losing records. Philadelphia is at least playing playing in at 500. Uh, the Stars there at three and three. So the North Division is really struggling. But man, that Southern Division. If you're flipping channels and you see any of those four teams, stop and watch it. It's going to be good football, and you're going to enjoy it. Good deal. How, how much how much is left in the season? Uh, they have four weeks left before their playoffs start. There's four weeks left in the regular season. Okay. How many teams qualify for the playoffs? It's the same as the XFL, okay. the top two in each division. So Great. as of right now, if the season ended today because of playoffs, Birmingham and New Orleans would be the Southern Division uh, playoff game or because of tiebreakers, not playoffs. New Orleans and Birmingham would be the playoff game, and Philadelphia and New Jersey would be the playoff game. So – but and it – It'll probably end up pretty close to that. I don't see Pittsburgh or Michigan doing anything. I think New Jersey's just got to got to get to five hundred, and they'll they'll be that second team in the North Division. I like this New Orleans Breakers team. Oh yeah, um, Bethel. I'm blank on Thompson. It. Yeah, Bethel Thompson. Man, that dude is fun to mm-hmm. watch, and I'm enjoying uh, their head coach hearing his explanations, his honesty. You can tell he is excited to have that head coach opportunity, and he is taking full advantage of it. Doesn't matter to him what league it's in. So that's fine. They're very fun to watch. Yeah, good team. It's going to be fun to watch these next four weeks. Yes, uh, as we move from the regular season into the playoffs. Um, great segue into our next topic, which is SEC meetings convene on May thirtieth in Destin. That's another advantage of being part of the SEC. <laughs> Your team meetings are in Dustin, Florida. I, I could hear, it's a hard back life playing in the background. <laughs> exactly. Where did the Big Ten, where does the Big Ten have their, their meetings? Oh, you know, it's somewhere, it's just like. Minnesota. <laughs> Come on down to Minneapolis. Or, you know, I'm trying to, where is. Someplace Happy Valley. That's what I was trying to oh, come up with. And I could, we're going to, we're going to hang out in Happy Valley for two days. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but at least it's spring meetings, not winter meetings. Hey, so that could be worse. <laughs> some people like the cooler weather, and that's fine. Right. We, we don't want to alienate anybody right. here Every, at the show. Everybody has the opportunity because to frankly, be wrong. <laughs> frankly, we don't have enough listeners to alienate anybody. After the ones with NBA fans we ran off last week, right? <laughs> so... It's going to be interesting because hopefully we'll get some clarity yes. on what's happening in the SEC in terms of scheduling with Oklahoma and Texas joining the league in 2024, as well as who are the three permanent opponents going to be for each school, and who what's the what are the what's the conference going to look like? Are there going to be divisions? Is it going to be a round robin with the three permanent? Is there going to be um, you know the the four quadrant pods? That's another thing that's been thrown. There's going to be a lot of questions answered, hopefully. Going to be a lot of questions answered during those spring meetings. Now, I'm going to back up because I'm I'm, going to, I'm, I'm extending an olive branch. Mm-hmm. I know we have some Ohio State fans that listen to this show. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Ohio State is a terrific football program. Very true. I know the folks are so passionate. I mean, that's one of the schools from the Big Ten that that if geography, not really, but but because of their fan base and their love for football, they, mm-hmm. they would fit in with the SEC. I agree with that. I agree with that. But it would not go well because there'd be a constant argument. You have to say the Ohio State University. You know? <laughs> so that. <laughs> well, the Ohio State University. In the South, we regularly shorten titles, That's we right. eliminate words, um, syllables. Mm-hmm. So I think we could reach some sort we of We could compromise. probably figure it out. That's right. So, 
So let's talk about the SEC baseball tournament that kicks off tomorrow. It, it almost uh, feels like basketball March Madness. Yeah. It's so much fun. 9.30 in the morning, South Carolina, a six-seed going up against 11-seeded Georgia. And, and you look at this, Tennessee a seven-seed, A&M a 10-seed, LSU a three-seed, Arkansas a two-seed, Florida a one, Kentucky eight, Auburn a five, Alabama a nine, Missouri a 12, Vanderbilt a four. Uh, this is literally – anybody's tournament yeah, to win. it absolutely is. And, and, you know, honestly, I think what the, the difference is going to be is who has not just day two, day three pitching available, but who has day two, day three pitching that they can utilize that is available. Because, I mean, think about it. If you are an LSU, if you are a, a Vanderbilt, um, specifically those two, where you have pitching injuries, where your bullpen can either bail you out or blow you up, and it really is kind of a 50-50 of what's going to happen when you dig in, when you get into your bullpen. If you're one of those schools where you know you're going to be an, a, one of the top eight national seeds, it most likely looks like as long as you don't get embarrassed in the conference tournament, you're going to host up through up to Omaha. Are, are you going to burn arms? to win a tournament that you don't really need to win. Now you're not going to tell your team, well, we're not, if we go home day one, whatever, nobody wants to do that, but you really, that has to be strategic. So if you are a, um, a Kentucky or an Alabama, which by the way, how incredible stories in Alabama, you're talking about responding to adversity. I know we've talked about it before, but I mean, they are just playing lights out. Uh, so impressive. But if you are a Kentucky, if you are an Alabama, if you are a Tennessee, and you can elevate your status with a strong finish or even a victory, you know, a championship in the tournament, you've got arms that you're willing to use because it's probably what's going to get you in a better position to maybe be able to rest some of those arms if you elevate your if you elevate your position during the tournament. Me personally, call me crazy. Uh, and as a Vanderbilt fan, I'm not a fan of, of saying this, and, and Vanderbilt fans who listen probably won't be impressed, but I think that middle section where you've got Kentucky-Alabama day one, the winner of that plays Florida, I think that's where our champion comes out of. Mm. I think because uh, Florida is just it, – it almost makes me agitated how, how good they are and how difficult of a matchup they seem to be for – Everybody they play. I don't know how you do that, but somehow or another they've done that this season. In Kentucky and Alabama, they are playing way above their head. Their batting averages are great. Their pitching staffs have really proven strong. And, you know, Alabama, it just – it wouldn't surprise me. You're talking about a story. I mean, they are writing their, you know, SEC storied episode if they, <laughs> if they finish strong in the tournament, which would not surprise me. I honestly think, um, unfortunately for LSU fans, I think if South Carolina beats Georgia and comes out of that strong where they don't have to use much of their bullpen, I think LSU will probably debate whether or not they're going to use schemes. Am I saying that right? The pitcher. Uh, if they do, they'll obviously uh, win that game. But then outside of that, I think LSU is probably headed home. I don't think they'll have more than one game in the tournament. And nobody's going to sit around and cry over it because they got they got bigger fish to fry, as the saying goes. We'll have a champion on Sunday, but that's a great point when you consider, hey, the goal is to win Omaha. Right. And you don't want to to 
have injuries mm-hmm. or use up your pitcher's arms yep. winning a tournament that yeah the, the competitive side you want to win that Absolutely. you want to say you won the SEC tournament but not at the detriment mm-hmm. of the bigger tournament yeah because if you're LSU and, you, and you're if you're LSU and you're Vanderbilt I mean you've had three strong pitchers for the majority of the season and now all of a sudden you're down to one. You know, you're basically down to your Friday starter if you're LSU and who has been your strong Saturday and Sunday starter are hurt. And for Vanderbilt, your uh, Saturday starter is the only one you got left. Both your Friday and your Sunday are hurt and may not pitch for the remainder of the season. If you're in that kind of position, you cannot burn through arms to do something that's really – I mean, Vanderbilt could win this tournament and they're not going to be any higher seed than they are right now when the when the uh, the national tournament starts. And the same thing for LSU, and honestly, the same thing for Arkansas. I think they have to be very conservative with their arms as well. And we see a parallel with this and March Madness. Absolutely. When the uh, conferences have their tournaments right before mm-hmm. March Madness, yep. you don't want guys injured. You don't want guys exhausted. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way to do this or not, but these are some valid points that these are these are things that coaches are going to be deliberating. Absolutely. And the one thing I will say, just like with March Madness uh, or or the SEC basketball tournament, the SEC baseball tournament, you know, the Arkansas uh, coach this weekend, uh, while he was doing an interview with the SEC Network, the shortstop, no, the second baseman made an incredible play. I mean, snagged a line drive. Out of it, there was no possible way he gets that, and he snagged it. And it was during the interview, and the coach said, "Look, they were talking about the injuries they've suffered this year." And he says, "Look, that's my backup." <laughs> and he laughed, and he said, "But actually, what we say around here is we don't have backups; we have secondary starters." And and when you look at SEC rosters, the exciting thing about this is even if people don't use their ace arms, even if people rest some players. It's still pretty incredible players that they're putting out on the field. It's still going to be fun baseball to watch. It is, and and, and this gives players that may be a little bit off the radar a chance to really mm-hmm. step up and shine. Absolutely. And AT&T, if my internet is not working by the time these games start, we are going to have issues. I'm just, I will say that for the record. <laughs> it is a very short window where we got to get some internet working and get some TV going. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Darren is not happy with his internet provider. That is very correct. We got to get this fixed because I got to have I got to have games going as soon as they start. I'm sure we have folks connected with AT and T who are listening to this. Episode. Hopefully, they're not NBA fans. Make it happen. <laughs> well, in addition to the SEC men's baseball tournament going on, we have May Madness yes, concluding yes, yes. here. We have a a final matchup. Yep. Hey, and I got to tell you, let me say this. It was really awesome. You know, we we always have a strong when we do these uh, the polls. We always have a very strong presence on Twitter. We have a lot of people respond. A lot of people vote. We're so uh, excited about that and so thankful to everyone that does. Very appreciative of that. But this this final four matchup it was really awesome. That we got we had uh, Twitter votes. We had email votes. We had text votes. Uh, so that was that was very exciting for people to get that involved, for that to kind of spread and, and get a little bit more reactions. Uh, and so with all of the votes counted uh, and recounted, uh, the final our final matchup of best sports movie of all time is Field of Dreams. Is that not it? Remember the Titans versus 
versus Hoosiers? Oh, I think I said that wrong. I think it's Field of Dreams. Oh, it is. Field Remember of- the Titans beat Hoosiers. What? Yeah, they sure did. Inconceivable. <laughs> Who is working for Disney and voting in this contest? Don't we have a, a, a little note, a little fine print? If you're an employee of Disney or know somebody who is employed, you cannot vote. Employees of Disney are not eligible to vote in this competition. Apparently, we left that part out. So, <laughs> Princess Frog is going to win. So, Field of Dreams versus Remember the Titans. Now, your reaction to that obviously is you can't believe that Hoosiers got beat. Right? I am stunned. I really anticipated a Field of Dreams versus Hoosiers matchup. Oh, that would have been a great matchup. But I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not tell you right now. I will wait till next week because the people's voice deserves to be heard, and I will not interfere with that. We are not going to announce the winner prior to voting. This is America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We will reiterate again, vote early, vote often. It will your vote does count. That's right. And that comes from two guys who are broadcasting from the state that made Huey Long a national sensation. He was he was a governor three years before he was born and ten years after he died. He was a pretty incredible figure. No, I think I think you got him confused with Edwin Edwards. There are a whole lot of people going. What? <laughs> Let's just say there are no dull moments in Louisiana politics. I was going to say, if you're here in Louisiana, you are busting up right now. You know exactly what we're talking about. So, just as last week, uh, with the Field of Dreams versus Remember the Titans, we will put it out on Twitter. As you were listening to this on Tuesday morning or thereafter, it is already there. You can send us an email at gmail.com. You can text our text line, which is on the show notes, if you'll just... Click on show more and scroll down. You can click on that and get the option to, to text. I, any of those options, all votes will be counted. Voting on Twitter, because of the way Twitter does polls, can only be open for one day for 24 hours. But we will accept votes by text and email anytime uh, up, up until uh, the time we record on, on Monday evenings. So please let us know who is your choice. Field of Dreams, Remember the Titans. Two fantastic, fantastic movies. I am a fan of both of these movies in a big, big way. Ben is still very, very heartbroken over Hoosiers not being a part of it. (laughs) We got a good matchup. We'll let the people decide no matter how poorly they vote. (laughs) That was well done. Well done. Thanks again for watching another episode. Nope, nope. Not a single person's watched us. Uh, who is writing these scripts? Ben is forecasting in a hard way the idea of video and being watched. He's really, he's putting it yeah. out in the universe to see what we, we can make happen. We, we are going to have to review the scripts that are given to us before. <laughs> Obviously, we cannot trust our producers. We can no longer just read off the teleprompter. We've got we've to talk about it in advance. We are being sad. Sabotage by right. other podcasts. That's right. Okay. Well then, <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Listen to us at your convenience on whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen to. Give us a rating. Share the show. If you like the show, help us promote the show. If you don't, tell us what you'd like to change about the show. Absolutely. 
and we will nod our heads like we are listening to what you're saying, and then we may totally disregard everything that you've said. I don't know. No, we can't because we don't have anybody. Right. If we alienate our... our that, that would not go well. I almost said viewership. We don't have a viewership. We have a listener audience base. If you choose to review us, ignore the fact that we do not have viewers uh, and that we don't know which NBA teams are in the uh, final... And then on any given moment, we may refer to fictional teams as real teams, such as the Orlando Breakers. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so please ignore all of that when you're reviewing us. Oh, was that a gecko? <laughs> I did see something fall. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> Till then, take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is so important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or a text to our text line 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. See you next week.